Hey, this is Dan Wunderlich from Defining Grace, and welcome to Art of the Sermon, a show for preachers, teachers, and communicators. This is episode 19, and my guest today is Jonathan Howe, the Director of Strategic Initiatives at Lifeway. He's also the host of the Rainer on Leadership and SBC This Week podcasts. I asked Jonathan to come on to talk about podcasting and how pastors and churches can use it as a part of their ministry. So here's my conversation with Jonathan Howe. Well, today's guest is Jonathan Howe, the Director of Strategic Initiatives at Lifeway. He's also the host and co-host of two podcasts, Rainer on Leadership and SBC This Week. Jonathan, thanks so much for being here. Man, glad to be here, man. Thank you, Dan. Well, why don't we begin by having you tell us a little bit about yourself as well as your work at Lifeway. All right. Well, I am a father of four. My wife is a children's minister here in the area. And if uh, you listen to Rainer on Leadership, you've probably heard many stories about Beth and the boys. (laughs) Yeah, uh, but but you know I, I've been at Lifeway five years almost, and been working with Tom Rayner over that time, and we've we've seen a dramatic response to his website and the podcast. So it's been exciting. We've uh, we hear from pastors all the time from across the continent and around the world, really, who are benefiting from the the podcast and the the blog content that we put out there every week. So that is probably the most gratifying part of the work is just to hear the feedback and hear how churches are are using it, uh, what we write and what we put out there on podcast and, and how much it's impacting their local ministry. So it's just been fun, man. I, Lifeway is a great place. Dr. Rayner's a great person to work for. And uh, I've really, really enjoyed what we're doing here at Lifeway. Awesome. Well, you can definitely count me as someone who has been blessed and informed and enriched by the work that you do. I love the blog and the podcast especially, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But before we jump into the specifics of podcasting, uh, I was wondering, since you do uh, blogging and podcasting and social media, do you sort of have a personal approach to communication in general? Do you have a strategy, a mission statement, or maybe a guiding principle for the work that you do? Well, kind of one that I borrowed from our publishing group here at Lifeway. Uh, it's called B&H Publishing, and you may be familiar with some of the books that they put out. But anyway, they, their tagline is, every word matters. Mm. And whenever it comes to communication, that's that's something that I try to remember. I don't do the best because I have a propensity at times to, off the cuff, put my foot in my mouth. <laughs> but but that's the point. Every word matters. And you got to think before you speak. And you know, trying to put that every word matters, especially in the written word. Mm. Uh, don't waste a word, and, you know, and don't just put stuff in there just because it sounds good. Actually, make it matter. Mm. So, so that's kind of the 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 philosophy, I guess you could say, of my communication strategy is just remembering that every word matters. I think that's certainly one of the strengths of Dr. Rayner's blog is that you can hop in, get all of the good content and hop out. There's there's never really any filler. And if there is, it's it's always, you know, filler that was worth leaving in, but it's it's really concise good stuff. And now so you host two podcasts and so obviously you believe in this medium. Can you tell us a little bit about your relationship to podcasting, maybe how you came across it, how you got into it, and why you have invested in this space? Well, I think a lot of us, especially in the Christian space, we were first introduced to podcasters, sermon audio. Mm-hmm. So just listening to pastors from across the country, I, I remember, golly, it's probably been more than a decade back whenever you had to to download it on your computer and dump <laughs> right. it over to your iPod. I mean, that that's how I really got started in podcasting and then, you know, how to build the RSS feeds. And, you know, back in the day, you had to do all that manually. So right. people that are doing podcasts today, man, you guys, you know, back in the old days of podcasting in the late 90s and early 2000s, <laughs> it was totally different a couple decades ago. So, uh, you know, things have changed dramatically 
and podcasting and, and made it the the advent of the iPhone has just changed everything in podcasting. But, you know, I, I really got involved in podcasting, listening to sermons and actually doing it for my church, getting a church sermons online at the church we were going to at the time. So learned a lot about that and then learned more about websites and things. And, and that kind of led us down the road to where I came to Lifeway. And I went to a conference and met Cliff Ravenscraft. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and anybody who's really big into podcasting knows him as the podcast answer man. And Cliff basically about five minutes into his presentation at this conference, I was sold. I was like, man, we, and I was thorough, I was really thinking about, I was on the fence about whether we needed to do a podcast or not. I thought it'd be neat. The question was, you know, is there an audience for us? That was the big mm-hmm. question because at the time we started, it was all sermon audio. And, and, you know, I, I saw a post uh, the, a few days ago from Copyblogger on podcast stats and everything. And the Christian space is the biggest podcasting space out there because <laughs> yeah. of sermons. It's like 20,000, 30,000 podcasts out there, and 99% of them are sermon audio. So there's a lot of noise, not that sermons are noise, but there's a lot of noise in the podcasting market for the, the Christian space because it's not broken down into like non-sermon and sermon right. audio. So uh, that was something we were just really struggling with. Do we want to start it? Do we want to start it? And we did. And we jumped into it almost three years ago now. It'll be three years at the end of April uh, that we started Rainer on Leadership. And, man, it's just been a, a wild ride. Now we're doing a million downloads a year. It's, it's massive. It's so, so amazing to see the response that we've had. Do you have any sense of how the podcast audience and the blog audience overlap? Has one fed into the other one direction more than another? Well, I, I think the podcast audience, that's your really super hardcore audience people. Those are your most determined because they're, they're giving you 20 to 25 minutes, well, in our case, 20 to 25 minutes a week of their life concentrating on listening to what you have to say. It's one thing to just glance over a blog post that takes you maybe 30 seconds to read. You can read every post at Rainier on Leadership in two or three times for the week in the time it takes you to listen to one podcast. So. Mm-hmm. The podcast, it takes an investment, and people only have a certain amount of time in their day to listen to podcasts. I was on a, uh, another podcast a few days ago, and they were asking me about that, and I'm like, you really have to make a commitment to stay with a podcast because of the time it takes. You can click on a link on Twitter and read a blog post in, in 20 seconds. Exactly. But you got to sit down and well, maybe not sit down and do nothing else because uh, podcasts are great for multitasking times, but you, you have to have a certain block in your time and your schedule to be able to, to listen to a podcast. So, you know, those audience members that, that take the time like yourself to listen to Rainer and leadership and even SBC this week, you know, we, we're really appreciative of that because we know the, the investment that that takes. And, and I would, I would say too, I think, and this is obviously preaching to the choir because we are a podcast, but I think we all maybe have more time than we think of. If you use your commute, if you use the time that you yeah. walk your dog or go to the yeah. gym or mow the lawn, uh, I just had to mow the lawn for the first time. Uh, we're, we're recording this in March. I just had to mow the lawn for the first time. And that was a good two and a half hours of podcast listening. And, and another pro tip is on Rainer on leadership. You can listen to it on 1.5 speed. Jonathan sounds a little quick, but Dr. Rainer then suddenly sounds normal. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's been it's been I good it. it's been good i love it all right so obviously there are a lot of benefits uh to hosting a podcast so what might you say are some primary positives for a church or a pastor or a ministry an individual in ministry that would like to get into podcasting i think it gives you a chance really to expound on topics uh, and maybe say things in a way that may be difficult to write. Mm. You know, if you if I say something, the way I say it makes a lot of difference in if you just read that same statement. Exactly. 
So uh, the podcast, the, the audio cues that you get from someone's voice when they're explaining something, and just the ease of explaining it verbally rather than with words you know, on a written paper uh, or you know, in a, a screen, whatever it may be, uh, the ease is a lot better for podcasting. So I think that gives you a, a lot of time. And also, the, you, know, you can edit it after the fact. That helps as well. Uh, but it, it gives pastors, I think, if, if you're talking about podcasting, if you're a pastor, other than a sermon, it really just gives you a chance to connect with your people that you're shepherding throughout the week. Yeah, and I would I would say that's especially what you began with this idea that the tone of voice matters. I'd say that's especially true with humor. Oh gosh, and, yes. And as you talked about, it does create this connection. You and I are now speaking for the first time, but you have been in my ears twice a week. You know, for that's the scary. last two or three years. Yeah, it's a little scary, but I feel like I know you, which is probably creepy for you. Uh, we do have a mutual friend, but this is the first time that you've gotten to know me. But I, you know, I know about you and your wife. I know that you love food. You know all this stuff. So it's it really does create a, a, a tighter connection, which can be critical in ministry. Now, on the flip side, obviously, uh, podcasting is really alluring right now. As you mentioned, uh, Christianity is the largest pool of podcasts right now. And because it's not split up between sermons and shows like this, it's difficult to show up, you know, maybe in the rankings. It's difficult to gain traction because it's such a deep space. But are, are there other cautions or, or other critical questions that maybe people should encounter or ask or process before investing in in podcasting? Yeah. One of the big things is thinking about format. Mm. Uh, your, your podcast is, is heavily based on the interview format. What we do at Rainer on Leadership is more of a co-host kind of, you know, or a host and a star mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, I like to call Dr. Rainer the star. He doesn't really <laughs> appreciate that. And then even more, you know, my podcast that I did the SBC This Week podcast, that's really driven by news. Mm. So we, we talk about news. We dissect news that goes on in our denomination. It's a super niche uh, you know, very small crowd for that for that podcast. It's right. not very wide, but at the same time, that's the big question: is format. Mm. We need to start talking about podcasts, and because a lot of times too, people think, "Oh, I could do a podcast. I'll just you know record my thoughts on whatever it may be." A lot of people don't realize that they're incredibly boring. <laughs> right. uh, so, monologue podcast, man, that's hard. Yeah. There are only a few people that can really do that well because then you're really relying on the the content, and a lot of people also don't realize that their content's not usually the best. Hmm. So, you know, jumping into it, you really have to focus on being interesting and having good content. And you also need a differentiating factor. I think that's one of the things, too, that, you know, you can't just be like another podcast doing the same things another podcast is because they're probably doing it better than you are. Uh, and I know I'm really building people up to start podcasts with this, this motivational <laughs> talk, right? Right. You know, you need to have those things. You need to have a, a format that works for you. You need to have a unique take on something. You need to have something that differentiates you from the market. And you, it, it also helps to be in a, a space that a lot of people aren't talking about. And that's where those niche podcasts like the SBC This Week one are really potentially successful. And, and if you did one also, you know, for your local community, there's probably not a lot of podcasts about the town where I live, uh, or maybe even where you live in, like specifically about that town, or even the spiritual uh, realities that people that live in that town are facing. So if you're a pastor in a local town, and you're talking about the, you know, the, the spiritual realities that your, your church is facing, and the community is facing, things like that, that's something that's interesting to people that live in that town, because it's focused on them. So, you know, those are the kind of things that to think about whenever you're, you're thinking about starting a podcast. It's just that, you know, pick the format that works right for you. Pick a, a topic that you can really talk a lot about and talk about it with passion. I think that's another thing, too. 
and then have something that differentiates you from the rest of the market. Right. And, and I would say certainly shooting for a niche is probably the best way to get started if you don't have a platform you know, already, maybe beyond your local church. Exactly. Exactly. Well, uh, we asked this morning before we began recording if anyone on Twitter had questions for you. And Jason wrote in and asked about editing. And this is probably dependent a lot on the format. But do you have a recommendation on editing your podcast if you're someone who is replaying your sermon? Is it good to go ahead and put the full 20, 30, 45 minutes, an hour out there? Or use someone that says break it down into smaller pieces? And then maybe even for your format of show, how much editing and cleanup do you do on uh, Rainer on Leadership and SBC? All right. Well, as far as sermons go, I would just put the meat of the sermon in there. I, I would take out everything that's not just the sermon itself mm-hmm. because, I, you know, if you put the announcements in there, <laughs> you got to think that people outside of your church are listening to this too. So, Put the the meat in there, you know. Mm-hmm. Leave the bread off. So, I, you know, as far as that goes, I mean, that, and that's pretty standard too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, you know, worst case scenario, always look at what everybody else is doing and do that. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, so that's for the the sermons and stuff. I, you know, just leave the bulk of the sermon in there, unless you make a huge mistake, a huge faux pas, then go in and edit that. But most <laughs> of the time, most of the time, you know that. Is rare, and a lot of times you can just leave the the full sermon audio. Now, for Rainer on leadership, most of the editing that I do is me making mistakes. Uh, Doctor Rainer has this uncanny ability to just sit down and go, and it's quite amazing, and it blows me away every time because we'll sit down and he has never seen the questions or something. You know, if we do a listener question podcast episode, he's never seen the questions, but he'll just jump in there and knock it out. The the biggest thing that I edit out probably is transitions because I'm trying to think of transitions on the fly, and I'm also trying to think of maybe a follow up question or Dr. Rainer says something I want to circle back to and really highlight or something like that. So mm. I've got all this going on in my head trying to figure out what I'm going to say next while still trying to pay attention to him while still looking at the notes, <laughs> you know what's coming next. Yeah. And I'm so the struggle is real. It's yeah. it's but it's between my ears, and uh, that's usually what winds up getting edited out a lot and. You know, a lot of times too, I notice myself, I will, I'll notice that I'm saying and repeating certain phrases over mm-hmm. and over in a podcast and I'll try to cut some of that out and I'll try to make a mental note as well to stop doing that. So I don't keep sounding the same and saying the same thing over and over and over. So, uh, and that's also one of those things that the more you do it, I mean, we're 211, 12 episodes in right now, Rainer on leadership and about 40 to 45 episodes at SBC this week. So I have about uh, you know, 250 podcast episodes under my belt. And I sound a lot better now, I think, at least personally, than I did when we started. So, you know, like anything else, you're going to get better as it goes. It's going to be rough those first few weeks and first few months, but you get your groove, uh, you know, a few episodes in and, and things move on. So. Yeah, I was going to say, I've not noticed you say uh or um maybe more than once. And so is that something that you've... Yeah, that's something that I occasionally edit out. I I don't take them all out because you still want the person to sound like themselves. You want their friends that listen to recognize who they are. But sometimes editing too, is there a magic time window? Because there, I mean, there are podcasts that run from there's like a five minute daily news show that recaps sports or tech all the way up to you've got like the hardcore history podcasts that are three and a half hours. Yeah, that guy, that is hardcore. (laughs) is the best named podcast in all of podcasting. Yeah. Hardcore history because, brother, you got to be hardcore to listen to three hours of that guy. That's true. We try to stay around 22, 25 minutes. That's our goal is uh, 20 to 25 minutes, usually around that 22 mark because that's about the average commute. Uh, You know, if you've got the time, it's an easy time frame. The, The worst thing is 
we struggle sometimes on SBC this week because of an interview, because of big news or something, and we go a little bit long mm-hmm. at like 40 to 50 minutes, and that, that's a really long time. I try to keep the, the news podcast down about 35 minutes or so. Uh, it's a little bit longer, but it's really hard to cover a lot of things in a really short time and give them their due and still have the other elements of the podcast. So, you know, we try to do that, but we often fail on yeah. that. But, you know, we, at least we have a goal. A lot of times the format dictates the time frame. Uh, if you're preaching and you preach for 45 minutes every week, guess what? Guess how long your sermon podcast is going to be? <laughs> right. 45 minutes. Right. You know, for something that you can control the content, control the flow. And, and it's also one of those things that you learn. You learn, all right, this much content is going to take me this long to cover and, and so forth. So it, it's a learned thing. But, you know, I like the staying in that 20 to 22 minute part and trying to stay there. But sometimes that doesn't happen. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And and trying to tie it to commute is so great because the car is probably the easiest place for folks to listen to podcasts. We're going to be getting smart cars soon where, you know, you've got podcasting apps built into the dashboard of your car. Now, once we end up in full self-driving cars, I saw Ford just... Yeah, those, uh, those commutes will turn into nap time. Right, right. They also patented a windshield that turns into a movie screen. So, you know, you'll be watching your DVR on the way to work. Uh, wow. But I think there's always going to be a place and time for audio and... And so I think fitting it in in there is great. In fact, some of my favorite podcasts, one of my, the podcasts I enjoy the most is 99% Invisible. It's on design. They tell compelling stories, but it's 18 minutes, like tops, you know, and, and that just, it never feels too long where there are certainly other podcasts where you get about three quarters of the way in and you start tapping that 15 second ahead, 30 second skip button to see if you can jump into something, something interesting. And I was going to say, I am a regular listener to Rainer on Leadership. And, and even when the topic isn't something that necessarily a applies to to my work directly. I still listen to you guys because you guys are both just so darn entertaining and you come across in a really authentic way. Um, obviously, solid content is important and that's uh, definitely a barrier to entry for, for having a, a decent podcast, but there's certainly intangibles inherent in good podcasts. So are, are there some things you can put your finger on that, that you think above and beyond the content make a show listenable and one that attracts an audience? First of all, the listener is who you're going for in a podcast. Mm. You want to have everything geared to the listener. So while, you know, Dr. Rainer is the quote star of the podcast and I'm the host, it's not about me and him. It's about the listener. So that's something that we try to keep forefront every time we record. And if you put the listener first and know that the goal of a good podcast is to give the listener something they didn't have before the beginning, then everything else kind of flows from that. And obviously chemistry helps uh, Dr. Rainer and I spend a lot of time together. We travel together a lot. We work 15 feet from one another. I'm not in a lot of meetings with him because he's in a lot higher level meetings than I am. <laughs> right. But we we routinely have FaceTime. We routinely talk and you know and talk about different things. So we've gotten to know each other. The chemistry there is is really key. But at the forefront of it though is keeping the audience first and and knowing that our goal on any podcast is to provide something to the audience that they can find beneficial for their ministry. And I love that you all take listener questions every couple of weeks or so. And and it's difficult, obviously, if you're just rebroadcasting your sermons. But uh, even with my podcast, when folks write in with questions or with you know things that they'd like to contribute to the conversation more than just I loved it, you know, if they're if they're actively engaging the content, I try to get them in there because, like you said, it. It only really works if it's a two-way thing. Even though it's a one-way audio experience, you really do have to build a relationship with your audience. Now, on the on the technical side, can you explain the the setup that you all use for your podcasting? 
Well, we have a, a cart that I have all the audio equipment on. So I just wheel it into Dr. Rainer's office, plug it in, wheel out the microphones, and we go from there. So we don't have a studio set up because of our temporary arrangements here at Lifeway. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're in the process of selling this building, moving to another building. I think we're going to have a, a full-time studio there. But I, I've got this little cart that sits over in the corner of my office, right on the other side of my desk here. And just wheel it in there and plug in, and we go. I, I've also got a little digital mobile setup that I use for SPC this week and different things. You see the microphone we're recording right now. You know, We just have some microphones and some things. I do have a blog post at howoriginal.com, my website. Uh, I think you're linking to that later on. Yep. Uh, but it also explains all of our equipment, too. So I, I go over everything that you need to start a podcast. And, and there's always the Podcast Answer Man website, too, that, that he has everything. But we just got this little mobile cart that we wheel, wheel around, and I've got a little mobile recorder that I can use as well. So very mobile. Yeah, that, that's the best part about the technology getting more... Uh, user friendly. Uh, all of yeah. this is getting more user friendly. I I have a you know a microphone that uses a traditional cord, but there are plenty of USB microphones that sound great that are affordable for folks. And yeah. you know if your church doesn't have much of a budget, you can get a good one for less than a hundred dollars. Well, I also use a, a blue icicle. That's what I'm using right now that plugs into my computer. Mm-hmm. So I've got a, a traditional microphone with an XLR output, but I have an adapter that fits in between these two that goes into the computer. So you get the traditional microphone. You can still use the microphone like what you have, I see, mm-hmm. and what I've got. But it also turns it into a, a USB microphone. So you can get, kind of get the best of both worlds. So you, if you need to plug into a, a recording mixer, you can use an XLR cable. If you need to plug into a computer, you can use the Blue Icicle. Oh, that's great. Also, too, there are plenty of free programs to record into and edit into. What program do you all use? Audacity. Audacity. Cool. I run into GarageBand. I've got a Mac. It came preloaded. But Audacity is for both Windows and Mac. That's free too. That's that's really cool. And and uh, my last question on, on your sort of process, do you all record a bunch at a time and how far out do you get ahead? Obviously, if you're doing sermons or SBC this week that's current events related, you can't get that far ahead. But when you do Rainer on Leadership, how many do you record at a time and generally how far out in advance are you? We actually just talked about this in a podcast we recorded yesterday. We're about a month out. We try to stay a month out because things happen, right. things come up, and we have to move things around. I've got kids that are sick, it seems, all the time. So um, <laughs> I, I've been missing work left and right here lately. Yeah, I still get my job done because I can work remotely because thankfully everything I do is on my, my MacBook. That's great. But, but we record about a month out, and we usually batch them in at least two or three. We found that three is our max. After three, I just kind of get punch drunk because right. I'm I'm too my my brain is fried. Uh, yeah. Last night we did we did three yesterday, and for the rest of the day I was pretty much toast. Uh, my brain was mush because it's just so much going on. You're f- so focused for that short a time, even though they're only thirty minutes each. I mean that's ninety minutes straight of me having to be just dialed in, and it, I, I pay the price usually after the fact for those. But we try to do two or three at a time. Because it just makes it easier for our schedules to batch them together. Because we're putting out two a week, too. Right, exactly. So we really, I mean, whenever we went from one to two a week, it was like, oh, it'll just be one more. Oh, man, it was, <laughs> it was so much more than just one more podcast a week. 
Right. Yeah. My mine is currently twice a month, and that is with the. It, it, I do that intentionally because I don't want to miss a release date, and I think that's maybe another key to podcasting is is keep it consistent. Yeah. Uh, there are some shows that run. They call it sort of season format, so it's a little bit like television. They'll do eight yeah. or ten or twenty episodes. Serial would be a good example of that. Yeah. And you all also you stay far enough of the head that you all don't often have to do many replays. Yeah, we've had to do that once. Uh, one week last year, I was on vacation. And we hadn't planned on it, but the files that were for that week's podcast were on a SD card <laughs> on my desk, and I was in Missouri. Yeah, that doesn't I work. I work in Tennessee, and didn't work. So I had my little uh, mobile setup, and thankfully, I brought my mobile setup with me. So I recorded this random intro outside on the, the patio of the condo and stuck it on a, an older episode and, and did a, a, a replay. So, yeah, it happens, but we got it, you know, and took care of. But the, the SBC this week one, you know, that one rolls around every week, and we find ourselves, uh, Amy and I do, because she's in North Carolina, I'm in Tennessee, and we record, you know, over the Internet. And it's like, okay, um, when can you record this week? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we can't do it at the front of the week because the news hadn't happened. Right, and we exactly. don't want to do it. We don't want to do it too early because we'll miss stuff, and we, which has happened before. Uh, so we have to do it kind of like Thursday, Thursday night. And, you know, so there's been some nights where it's been nearly midnight Eastern and she's still on the podcast. We're finishing it up. So, well, we do have a set of general questions that we ask all our guests. And the first one is what have been some of the challenges that you face through your work at Lifeway? Or do you have any favorite experiences? Well, the, the favorite experiences, I get to meet all kinds of people and that's one of the neatest things. And you know, a lot of times you hear about these Christian quote celebrities and, you know, oh, that guy's just a real jerk. That, yeah. right? you know, I have yet to meet anybody that's come through Lifeway. And that, that goes from like John Maxwell to Kyle Eidelman to David Platt. I mean, these guys, they're the salt of the earth. Mm. And they've been the nicest people. And it's just like, okay, good. That's how I want them to be. You know, you, you meet these people and you're like, I hope I don't meet them and be disappointed right. by them. But I haven't been. Uh, it's been fantastic. Everybody that we've met and that has come through Lifeway. So I know it's probably one of these days we're going to get somebody who just, you know, you turn your nose up at, but right. at the same time, it hadn't happened yet. And I've been here five years. That's so great. That's exciting. Probably the end of the hardest thing is just to learning on the focus, what needs to be done. Mm. Uh, there's so many things that we could be doing here at Lifeway in so many different areas. Uh, cause we're a, a massive company and uh, you know, my job really doesn't have that defined role of, you know, I'm in charge of X product other than Tom stuff, but having, you know, learning to focus on doing what's best and not doing what will make you busy. Is it a challenge for you all to come up with topics to cover twice a week or do you have, I mean, I know you get a lot of listener feedback and, and questions and things. How hard is it for you all to keep the blog and the podcast full of new ideas? Surprisingly easy. Hmm. We see everything now. I, I talk about this in some blog posts I've written a few years ago, but the more you do something like blogging or podcasting, you start seeing everything through that lens. Hmm. So the more we do it, the more we keep realizing, hey, we can talk about this or we can talk about this. And uh, the great thing is we, we interact with the, the audience. So we get ideas from them and we'll have people ask us, hey, y'all should do a podcast on this or this. And I get emails, you know, once or twice a week on that kind of thing, and we'll we'll slot them in if we can. So it's been surprisingly easy to find content. I say that now, we'll go through a dry spell now. <laughs> yeah. Well, who have been some of the most impactful preachers and communicators in your life? All right. So I, I thought about this one. This is a really hard one. Um, but John Piper, Louis Giglio, Tim Keller, and Tom Rayner. 
Mm. And those are those are big names, I know. But at the same time, Piper taught me how to think. He's very analytical and everything. And I read a lot of Piper and the way he thinks about Bible and the way he thinks about God, that just really has that's impacted me. And Louis Giglio, the passion that he has for the younger generation, that, that's a responsibility I don't think he takes lightly. Mm. And I don't think we should either. Mm. And and say, am I passing this torch well? Am I passing this on? Am I Am I raising up younger leaders? Am I raising up this, this younger generation? You know, as somebody who's been influenced by that and is part of a younger generation, you know, still a millennial, I I see that and I'm like, you know, I don't want my generation to drop the ball. Yeah. So I need to focus on that for the next generation, these guys that are coming up. So that's something that I've learned too. Keller, uh, I've learned from Keller about how to communicate to different audiences. He's very analytical in his communication, very linear, very common sense, very practical approach. And that's, you know, a very, also very thought provoking. So I learned a lot from him. And then Dr. Rayner, I've, I've learned so much from him, uh, just, you know, in life and in ministry, his love for the church is insatiable. Yeah. And that I've seen that passion play out and how much he loves the local church and how much he wants to help it. And that's something that I get to come to work with and be a part of every day. And that's exciting. That's wonderful. Well, are there any books or media or other podcasts that have been influential on your work? Okay. Podcasts. The Men in Blazers podcast. That may sound <laughs> kind of crazy, but I, I've really enjoyed getting into world soccer, global soccer, and the English Premier League as well. So those guys, and if you listen to some of the podcasts, I'll sneak in some phrasing from those guys every once in a while, but their back and forth, their banter, is I've just kind of picked that up and on how to use that, and I've tried to incorporate that in because it works. They get how things work for humor. They get timing down. And it's like comedians learning from other comedians on, right. on comedic timing and stuff like that. Not saying that what I'm doing is comedy, but the timing is a big part of audio medium. Exactly. So yeah. listening to people who know how to do that, who know how to, to play with two people and not step over one another and not cut one another off at every you know, turn, that's a huge, huge benefit to learn that from somebody who does it well. And, yes. and those guys have been fantastic. And then as far as books, um, Michael Hyatt's platform, man, if you're, if you're trying to do the social media thing without reading that book, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> uh, that is the, still the best book out there for social media and the theories behind it. Michael's got a little different take on you know, how you promote yourself and everything like that, but the tactics and the theories in that book are still timeless, in my opinion. Uh, some of the details may have changed from the platforms, but the theory still applies. And then the best business book I read lately on just different things and how to think about things online is The Automatic Customer. Uh, that's a fantastic book by John Warrillow. And I, I would recommend that if you're looking at subscriptions or anything really online that's kind of recurring, those kind of things, recurring payments and things like that, that's really been shaping the way I've been thinking about a lot of things lately. And you've probably named all of them, but are there any other churches or organizations or podcasts that you would hold up as examples for our listeners to check out? Uh, I love the Happy Rant. Those guys are fun. Uh, they are able to talk about serious topics in a somewhat, at times, not so serious way, but that you still come out and have to think about things. They don't tell you how to think. They tell you how to process things. Uh, and I like that. Uh, those guys have been a lot of fun. We've got a bunch of podcasts here from Lifeway that I think are fantastic. Uh, five leadership questions being one of those. And, and then just some, some preaching stuff. You know, I, I mentioned, you know, you can get Piper and Keller sermon audio all day long on the internet, but just a couple of, of guys that I really enjoy listening to is Dean and Sarah at city church in Tallahassee and Tony Marita at Imago day in Raleigh, North Carolina. I really enjoy just listening to those guys preach. I mean, they, they bring the word 
and they bring it in a way that's engaging and fun to listen to. So those are the two sermon podcasts that I, I routinely listen to. Awesome. Well, our final question is, if there are folks out there in the audience that want to follow your work, say hi, get in touch, is there a best way that they can do that? Well, TomRainer.com is one of those ways. I'm over there, and I write every Thursday on social media, podcasting, church communications, those kind of things. And at my personal website, How Original, that's H-O-W-E, like my last name, original.com. And then you can get with me on Twitter at Jonathan underscore How, and uh, I'm sure you'll have all the links to all that at Absolutely. the show notes. Awesome. Perfect. Thank you, Jonathan, so much. We really appreciate your time and, and your wisdom and your expertise. No problem, Dan. Glad to be here, man. Thank you so much for joining me for episode 19 of Art of the Sermon. You can find show notes, including links to some of the things that we talked about at artofthesermon.com. As always, I would love to hear what you think about the show, and I want your input to be a part of the conversation. So you can connect with me through Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, all at username Art of the Sermon. If you'd like to support the show, I would encourage you to subscribe to the podcast through iTunes, Google Play Music, or your favorite podcast app so that new episodes are downloaded as soon as they go live. And of course, in addition to sharing the show with your friends, the best way to help us out is to leave a review in the iTunes store. This lets iTunes know that you care about the show and want other people to find it. Our next episode is scheduled to go live on July 21st, and so in two weeks, we'll reflect and build on my conversation with Jonathan Howe. Thank you again so much for joining me, and I'll catch you next time on Art of the Sermon.